Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod and happy college football to those of you watching live. I'm your host Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson Maxwell. And then, um, yeah, we don't. We, t- time may or may not pop in. Uh, F1 is being a little bit messy. We're not used to Saturdays, let's be honest. But, uh, Jameson, we had to come together for an emergency podcast. And I'm just going to go ahead and hit the music. Jamison. Yes. What is this? Jamison. This is a rooted corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. The off yeah. season had Yeah, the offseason <laughs> had one more twist in it, didn't it? Yeah, I didn't think that we were going to get Anthony Evans, but here we are. Um huge get. This was such a big time get. Um wide receiver out of Texas that was between Georgia and us. Five foot eleven, probably five ten, smaller guy, but it's got absolute track speed. And man, it just feels good to keep winning these battles over big time opponents. Beating Georgia, even like though that all of the Georgia and national recruiting guys had him pegged as a Georgia commit, and then last second everyone transferring their crystal balls over to Oklahoma at the last second. This is a big-time get and kind of solidifies our wide receiver class with Jaquez Petaway and Keon Brown. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those parts of our, you know, of the 2023 class that was a little weak. You know, definitely needed a bit of, you know, reinforcing. So that's pretty damn big. And to, to win a recruiting battle against Texas A&M and Georgia, you know, I, I got to ask, do you think there was some bagmanning going on here? That's what everyone's talking about. And to be honest with you, you know, there's a bagman probably with every single recruit. Um, did it come in and get a little bit of a sweeter offer? Is that going to really cause that last second turn? Maybe, but I think in all honesty, you know, Anthony Evans wanted to come to Oklahoma from the start. He was probably one of the locks that we saw at the party at the palace. And looking at it, obviously he probably got negatively recruited with the whole kill Gundy thing. And probably flipped his allegiance over to Georgia at that time. But after some talking with LaDamian Washington, and I'm sure um, Brent Venables coming in and becoming the leader of his recruitment, he thought, this is where I wanted to go to begin with. And I'm not committing to Oklahoma for Cale Gundy. I'm committing to Oklahoma for Oklahoma and more so Brent Venables. So I think that when it came down to it and he started thinking about it, I'm going to go to the school that I originally wanted to go to. Yeah. For sure. Ty, good to have you on the pod. Um, we were just talking about the uh, matter of a bag man uh, potentially being involved here. Do you think Do you think OU's up their bag game or what? what's going on here? I, I, I know Jameson is our guy in terms of recruiting on like the players. I, I, I don't know. I, I want to know your analytics on whether or not there was a bag involved here, though. Uh, I mean, probably. I think there is on every end. You know, I've been long... I, or I've long held the belief that, you know, everyone on the top of college football has been doing it for forever. So certainly there was probably something involved there, but I, I don't know if it was a, a deciding factor type thing, if that makes sense. I, I feel like probably, you know, the offer's out there and it's it's like a normal offer. And, and uh, I doubt that we had someone, you know, just roll up to his house with a literal you know, bag of cash and say, Hey, you might want to change your mind type thing. I would but, hope that was the case. I like that. Visual. <laughs> hey, Tennessee had the McDonald's bags. Maybe we have the Brahms bags. I know red dirt sport has been making that joke for a while. And I kind of love it. Um, the but, bag of burgers, the bag, the bag of biscuits, of bur- the bag of cash. <laughs> <laughs> 
here's here's five biscuits please come to play for our school <laughs> five stacks um, yeah that that honestly um even if there was was a little bit of an extra nil on the top of this you know this guy like i said earlier wanted to be a sooner this is from the beginning we've been looking at him for a while now as a guy who's gonna be a possible commit and obviously he had this timeline set before all of the kale gundy thing came down and in all honesty it was probably not the best thing um, for him to have that August set date. Um, but he wanted to stick to that commitment. And that's where things got a little bit dicey. And in the end, you know, he is not the highest, you no know, level recruit where it's like, you know, people are talking about Bagman getting Malachi Nelson, trying to move over from USC to Texas A&M. Now that's a thing where someone's coming in and throwing major money. You know, with Anthony Evans, he's a good recruit, but I don't think we're throwing crazy money at this guy to get, you know, a four-star wide receiver speed prospect who's kind of, you know, he's not, he's still got a lot of things to work on to become a really good wide receiver. It's honestly, people are just betting on his speed. He's got a really lot, a lot of good tools and I really like his tape, um, but he still has a lot to work on to where the fact is, I don't know if this is like, I'm throwing major bag of money just to get him from Georgia. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But. Um, any fi- anything else on um, on him before we move on to the other uh, major recruit uh, snags I, last night? I th- I just think this is a really big time get just in terms of what we are looking at beyond him at the wide receiver position. Things are going to get a little bit sloppy, I think, in terms of the players behind him. I think this fills our recruiting room of wide receivers. Um, and honestly, it makes you feel like this is a group that I feel pretty confident in. Whenever you were saying earlier, Bobby – this is a group in this recruiting class that might be the weakest. Now I feel pretty mm-hmm. solid that we have a speed guy. We have Jaquez Pettiway is a highly ranked, also a speed guy. And then Keon Brown is a, you know, bigger framed guy flyer. That could be a guy that could show up on campus and look really good. Football fans join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers football. Their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers Fantasy Contest all season long to compete for millions in prizes. So download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now, sign up with promo code TPPN, click on the Rainmakers tile, and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in free prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN, build, play, win, only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and numbers of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I agree. Um, And then also committed last night with an all-time, all-time, like, kind of hat-like game situation. Makari Vickers, the safety out of, um, I believe, Florida, was it? Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Yeah, there you go. I was right. Uh, Makari Vickers out of Florida. Um, I, I I wish we had this video. Ty, have you seen Have you seen what he did with the hat game? 
I have, yeah, with the custom boxes and the golden hat, the the miniature golden hat, which is kind of kind of weird. But... I've I've never seen the golden hat used for a commitment before. Like that's that's kind of groundbreaking stuff. Mm-hmm. It yeah, is, it's the very little cool. flimsy little gold hat. Um, I really <laughs> liked it though. But he did throw the OU hat at the beginning, and I saw that and I go, "Ooh, okay, that's a little bold." We're gonna come back to the OU. Everyone knew he was going to OU. He's been pegged to go to OU for a while now. You know, maybe two months ago we were worried about an Alabama, but you know, since that time, it seems like we felt pretty confident in Makari Victors to OU. Um, one of the locks, most likely from the party at the Palace, and. This is a big time game. This is a top 100 safety, and he's a big body kind of guy. Um, Alabama wanted him. This wasn't just one of those situations where Alabama's in the top two versus Oklahoma, and there's maybe a spot open for him, but maybe not. And he's deciding to take the spot that's readily available to OU. We've seen that at times with people's top list with Oklahoma. This was a take for Alabama. They would have taken Makari Vickers and been happy about it. Um, so this is a really, really good thing for us. And if he hasn't really been faltering or going back and forth in terms of the pundits and recruiting experts, um, between Alabama and Oklahoma in these past couple months that he's been favored, I feel pretty good about holding on to him. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a big time get, um, and anytime you could go in and beat Alabama like that, that's, that's pretty damn solid. So I, I know I, 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 for one, am pumped about that. Ty. Like both of you guys have said, it is. I think we have to continue to emphasize landing a four-star, super highly rated defensive back over Bama. You know, not to discredit Michigan, I understand they're they're you know fairly good this year as well. But to land someone like that of that caliber of recruit from Florida over Alabama is massive because OU has had this. You know, there's always everyone always lands a, a big fish here and there. You know, I think one of the big examples of a sort of a more typical in the past OU big defensive back land is a guy like not to continue to beat the dead horse, but like Buki where he's really highly rated and had, you know, all those schools on his, his watch list and stuff, but nobody really was wanted him when it came to that competitive stuff. And we sort of scooped him up. He didn't, he had the the big schools looking at him, but it wasn't something where it was just a pure on battle. Both these top schools want them. And this just speaks to where we're going in the future in terms of producing a defense and then also the the buy-in and the ability of this coaching staff to recruit is we can go out there to the state of Florida, deep in the SEC, and say, hey, we, you know, we're coming in now. We're new in town in terms of recruiting like this, but we want you to come here. And, and like we talked about, this guy was pretty set on OU the entire time. We don't think he's going to flip, but he's the entire time. It was not a David and Goliath. Oh, oh, you got lucky and sort of underdog upset story in recruiting. We went out there and we just straight up recruited this guy. He wanted to come here. And that's, it's been the story increasingly with defensive prospects, which is so exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, to me, the two biggest trends that came out of this off season were the, the strength on defense and the strength in Florida. Uh, and, you know, specifically the Southeast in general, that's important as that is our new footprint. But Florida in particular is just like a, you know, I mean, it is the hotbed. Um, so I, I know I, for one, am very, very excited about that as well. Yeah, it's we're starting to see it. We kind of talked about it in our trivia episode. Uh, other than OU in Texas, Florida had our most commits in the recruiting class last season. 
And most of those guys came kind of at that last end whenever Brent Venables took over. Uh, you know, Jamarian Burt, Alton Tarver, uh, uh, R. Mason Thomas. These were guys that came in at the last. And now here we go again. We're really taking the southeastern area of the country by storm and taking a guy that a lot of schools wanted in Makari Vickers. This feels really good. And moving forward with this class, my God, guys, we're number four right now in 247. And right now, if it just ended, this would be our best recruiting class of all time by the numbers. Yeah, that is the, just it, nuts it, to say out loud. In the internet era, that's insane. Um, mm-hmm. Especially considering the classes we got, you know, with, you know, Rhett Bomar. <laughs> sorry, Rhett Bomar and uh, Adrian Peterson, for example, in, uh, I think, 2003. So, like, four. you know, the, it was 2004. Four. Well, no, it, well, yeah, you're right. The class of 2000, 2004. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Class of 04. You're right. You're right. My bad. Um, but yeah, no, like that ranks up there with some of the best. So I know I, for one would be, I mean, what a, what a win that would be to get that type of class without even coaching a single snap of football. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, and it has to be said too, this is a, I understand I'm not our recruiting expert, but it's a, something that not a lot of people have, have spoken about is when we took Brent Venables on as our head coach from Clemson, you are also taking on, you know, there's all these, other human relationships that you're not seeing and things like relationships with coaches at different schools and in high schools in the Southeastern area and things like that, that Venables had established at Clemson. We're also gaining that. So a lot, I think a lot of people look at recruiting in terms of the very important relationships between the coach that's recruiting and the individual player. But a lot of the times you build that reputation as a coach with these high school coaches and administrators or parents or whatever else as a guy that, you know, performs on the field, but also, you know, it gets around when you're from a a town like that, this developing players, you know, and the coaches come around and make promises. If those promises are kept, all the things like that really add up and and start to build your reputation. And it is, uh, it's going to be invaluable again, moving forward into the sec move. And especially with our, our sort of big hit, we assumed in recruiting that we're taking on these, uh, this coaching staff that has really good relationships across the board, especially in really important, because Florida is just continuing to develop even greater and greater talent in terms of what they can produce on the field. So super exciting. And, and we're already seeing that pay out right here. Yeah. And I think that relational approach is really, really paying dividends for OU. Um, clearly it's something that the recruits have resonated with. And I I'm with you. I think that's big time. Uh, and the fact that they've been able to make this impression this early is uh, it's wild, truly wild. Well, in the the buy-in too, and I'll kind of keep it short, but the, the buy-in of OU is huge. And I think that's, you know, maybe I'm reading too deep into the tea leaves here, but committing to OU with the golden hat is such, obviously, you know, pretty much everyone, if you follow football, if you follow college football, you know about the golden hat. And it's, it's uh, I think, maybe the most well-known uh, rivalry trophy. I, I don't think a lot of people could name other rivalry trophies, uh, even if they can name the game, but the golden hat is well-known, but it's, it's an OU or Texas when they win it thing, but it's, you're not just committing with this, Oh, I'm going to Oklahoma university and you put the hat on like, <laughs> like you see some people do like it when you're committing with the golden hat and with this, uh, fanfare you're showing that you at least have some buy-in into the the culture and the greater community or whatever you want to call it that is OU football and that's super cool that's super important like it's it's not an inside joke but it's 
when when people that aren't growing up OU fans are starting to know the inside jokes and, and things like that. And we've always been a nationally recognized program, but when you get people that know the the nuance, they're learning the nuance just on their own because they respect OU as a university and what we're produ- producing on the football field. That's huge. And again, I might be too deep in the, into the tea leaves here. The golden hat is very well known, but just different things like that. Like people knowing about the university, knowing about the, the history of the football program or, or the little traditions here and there. I think that's huge and, and sort of indicative of a, a national buy-in or an increase in popularity or respect for OU football beyond just, oh, scrappy underdogs, play in an easy conference, get blown out in the playoffs, uh, storylines that you'll hear other places. It's it's continuing to build this program that we're building, including just by reputation, because that stuff pays off, you know, way down the road. You never know. Like some kid probably saw that golden hat or could have seen that golden hat commitment today thought it was the neatest commitment ever. And he's in fourth grade right now. And, you know, a decade down the road, he's going to be like, Oh, I want to play at OU. Cause I remember seeing just a random thing that stuck with me. So that stuff mm-hmm. is, is very important. Yeah. One thing absolutely. Oklahoma sports loves doing is getting recruitment and scouting the young elementary and middle schoolers to make sure they join our future teams. Hey, no, Hey, OU does a very good job with brainwashing, you know, young children. I know I was brainwashed as a, <laughs> as a child. Uh, and look at me. I, I feel like I've done pretty good for myself. I'm spending my Sunday Sunday mornings uh, doing a podcast. Uh, so Sat- it's Saturday, go. so your your oh, brain God. is still a little bit washed. Um, oh, yeah, yes. you've exactly. got to exactly. realize it's the first college football Saturday, and here you are thinking it's Sunday. It doesn't Yikes. feel like college football. Sa- well, yeah, when, when do you have a college football Saturday when, when we're doing a we, – we never do shows on Saturdays. but That's true. So. That's true. Uh, I think I think this one last thing about this region of the country, this is five commits already from Florida. We've got a high-end defensive back. I think Bakari Vickers comes in as a cornerback and starts fighting from there. Uh, linebacker uh, we have a high-end linebacker as well in this class of Lewis Carter out of Tampa um, that we got from Florida and then defensive line Derek LeBlanc one of the better defensive linemen in the country top 100 player um, that's three levels of the defense from Florida that I feel really good about in this recruiting class that's exceptional um, for an Oklahoma team there's not many people in Florida I think just in general outside from football scheme if I'm just a Floridian I don't think about moving to Oklahoma. So getting these guys to buy in, Brent Venables is doing something really well of getting these kids wanting to come and play for him at Oklahoma rather than going somewhere more flashy close to home. Yeah. Well, and it, oh. yeah, it should be said too that our increase in ability to recruit in Florida is even more significant when you consider the fact that especially this year and going forward, Florida is increasingly crowded when it comes to people recruiting there, especially with the the hometown schools, specifically, I guess, more so Miami than others. But with the hometown schools really trying to go all out, throw the bag at everything from stadiums to players to coaches to whatever else, uh, it's harder to recruit in Florida, period. And the fact that our uh, significant increase in ability to recruit within Florida is parallel with this just Florida becoming way more difficult to get high value prospects out of it's that's extremely indicative of of how well we're doing when you really consider you consider how well we're doing how well we've 
begun to do. And then the fact that the competition has also significantly increased, that's a really, really good sign. Yeah. No, I, I, I fully, fully, fully agree. Uh, shout out to Tijuana here with, for an all-time comment. OU is joining the SEC. They're joining us. We're going to oh, run man. that league. I oh, here we it. go. I think there's, there's a lot of optimism right now, really, in terms of recruiting. And you heard it um, from both these guys coming out saying, like, what's the next move? It's Hicks. Hicks is the next move. We're in the lead for Hicks. We just got to close it. There's rumblings that maybe that announcement date at the All-American game in January might get moved up. Let's see what happens during the season. If we can throw out a really dominant defense, and I understand the defensive line might be our weakest position group out on the field, but if we can throw out a de dominant defense in these first couple games, maybe versus K-State at the beginning of the year, show the world that we're just not something to be thrown to the side, that Oklahoma is still here in this Brent Venables era is an improved defense, an improved scheme. I will see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if David Hicks starts thinking about, I might want to commit to this team earlier rather than later. This is a huge, huge thing to watch. A lot of players, also Peyton Bowen, another guy, you know, five-star safety um, teammate of Jackson Arnold, wants to see, is this Oklahoma hype that's being pushed real? I know I like Brent Venables as a guy. He's extremely likable. But is he, what he pushing is legit. And if we come out and have a good start to the season, that's great as fans for this college football team, but for the future of us, it might be even higher stakes for these two five-star guys. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I want to kind of also ask in that same vein, kind of, and, and we'll talk about, um, you know, expectations, all that in our UTEP preview coming out in a couple days. Um, but what is the bare minimum? Me and, me and a buddy were talking about this yesterday. What is the bare minimum OU has to do? Or what do what, what what do we have to do on the field to keep this momentum going? Like, what do you think a good season would be to like be like, hey, we're not frauds? Um, mm -hmm. and Ty, I'll actually I'll actually let you answer that one first. Um, on that, what do you think OU has to do? What's the baseline? What's a what? Yeah, what's like a C grade? Let's say. So ooh, so a, a C grade. Um, I so I think I think there's two answers to this. There's the absolute worst case scenario to still continue the hype. Uh, and then I think there's a, the realistic scenario. Well, I, maybe there's just one. I think realistically, the, the thing to look at is if we're going to lose games, it, it almost sounds counterintuitive, and it might be, but it makes sense to me, is if we're going to lose games, I it almost feels like it would be better for us to lose uh, just horrendous upsets, not horrendous performances, but... It, it feels like it would almost be better to lose to maybe a respectable team, but it's not really that great. Like K-State, uh, you know, God forbid we lose to Kansas or, <laughs> or someone like West Virginia or Tech. But I think the important thing is uh, if you're going to lose games, I, I feel like it's better to lose the upsets. I, I think it's very important. You, you got to win the out-of-conference stuff, especially when our out-of-conference is so easy. But I think you have to beat – Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State, just because those are the mm -hmm. ones that you're recruiting against. So I, I feel like, you know, you get all the memes of like, oh, so-and-so lost to Kansas. But if you lose to Kansas, it's not necessarily, you know, you're not battling for the same recruits with Kansas and you can make all the, because the excuses are the same either way. But, you know, you if you start this losing to Texas thing, 
uh, then you still get the jokes about losing to someone and it's kind of embarrassing. Obviously they're a better team, but we're competing for the same recruits in the same area. And I think that is more significant uh, with the head to head. So I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a solid, ideally you, you win everything, but I think realistically uh, if we're going to lose, you know, maybe we lose to like K state or, or tech or someone like that. That's like, not great, but not super, you know, you can make some excuses of like, oh, K-State has a great coaching staff and, and something like that. God, I hope we wouldn't lose to Tech or K-State for Bobby's sake. Well, yeah, I don't want us to lose to anyone. I really, yeah, we don't, I don't want us to lose to, to anyone, but I think just purely on the recruiting aspect, maybe it's better if you lose to people who you aren't directly competing for the same recruits with. Fair enough, fair enough. But you don't. You also, on the other end, don't want to be like labeled as a ch- bunch of chokers. So mm. it's a little tricky. Um, I, I would say my, my baseline, my C grade is like making the Big 12 championship and then losing it, I think would be more than okay. That's a C. A, I think that's a C. I think, I think with the expectations at OU, I think that's a C. Uh, especially with how, how the hype's been, I think that's a C. I know that's kind of crazy, but here's here's my thought process on this. Whenever you say C, I think about about it in this mindset. OU is an A student. We are expected to get A's every single season. Whenever we go into a think about if we're like you know if we're talking about letter grades here. If we're going into a season and we don't get an A, that is a disappointment for us. So I think C is pretty bad. <laughs> I mean. That is not what we want. I, I I know I'm looking at a different, you're saying like an average season for OU, but the word average in the dictionary of Oklahoma fans is bad. So going to the Big 12 championship, I don't think that's average. I don't think that's average at all. I think missing the Big 12 championship is a C for us. Yeah. I think that would be be very poor. We hold ourselves to a very, very high standard here. I think, you know, losing to Texas and lose not making the Big 12 championship is a C season for us. And I think that's going to be negative and a detriment to us if we were to get a C on our report card. It's going to plummet our GPA because in our past, we don't have many C seasons. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, you to be fair, you, you are a four, you were a 4 0 student at OU. I was uh, very much not. So uh, in terms of grades, we uh, definitely settle differently. But in terms of OU, I. I'm with you. I, I think I think for me, it's I'm kind of scaling it up in terms of uh, expectation. You know, I, I think people are raving excited about, yeah. you know, this season. And, you know, Bud Wilkinson called it the monster for a reason. It's completely unreasonable. It doesn't care what the actual reality of the situation is. I think there are some people out there who would be mad if we didn't win the national title, which is kind mm. of wild. So. It's a hard scale. I think I really think the Texas games can be big 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 for us just in terms of recruiting this year um i think the beginning of the season is big i kind of already said that earlier in this podcast just in terms of just making sure is brent venables for real or is he a fraud um and he's just pumping sunshine but he doesn't actually have the ability to be a head coach which i'm sure there's some teams saying this dude's never been a head coach why are you trying to commit to him like he's just been in davo sweeney's um and bob stoops uh sunshine the whole time just kind of relaxing uh my thought process on it if we go in and we win the big game versus texas David Hicks, Texas commit, um, Texas recruit. You know Peyton Bowen, Texas recruit. They go to school with plenty of Texas fans. Just think back to the high school, middle school days 
where you're in class and if you're an Oklahoma kid, you know, there's a rivalry between people who are Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans within the school. That's just what kids do. In Texas, I mean, none of us went to Texas high schools, but I know from people that were OU fans in Texas, it is quite the difficult battle to beat Texas A&M and Texas fans in terms of high school. And if you win that Red River rivalry, that is a big deal in terms of clout. And I guarantee you that is a big deciding factor in terms of confidence where I say like, oh, oh, you just beat Texas. And all my um, teammates in Denton uh, who are Texas fans, guess what? I'm going to be committing to Oklahoma because they're the best team in the region. Yeah. And I, I think I, I think I'm with you, like doing whatever you can to prevent Texas from having any momentum at all. That's big time. You, you don't you don't want them to hold that over you because even one win, they will hold that damn thing over you. Like, oh, Sark, he's got it rolling. He finally beat OU, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that is a big, big, big thing is, uh, you know, keeping Texas down as much as possible. So. Yeah, it it can't be understated the just the power of sort of social pressure. That's just such a huge thing that is is under recognized. You look at recruiting and a lot of people are like, "Oh, they offered him this much more money," but that's not always the not always the case. Sometimes people are primarily influenced by the money, but when you're in a situation where you're going to get money no matter where you go, you know, it's that those last few numbers past the decimal point don't necessarily matter as much as, you know, as, as kids nowadays would say your, your clout or, or your uh, credibility or, or popularity or whatever else that's going to increase by going to somewhere else. You got to be a, a, a special kind of person. Not many people are, are the kind that can sort of go against the, the stream when it comes to, to social pressure. So like you guys said, winning those games, and I guess this was sort of the, the underdeveloped thought that I was having about winning the games against the people that you're recruiting against winning those games uh, that you're competing for recruits against are really important because you don't want everyone clowning on your guy. Cause that's, that's going to cause them to flip far more than any head coaches giving him calls or, or people showing up with money in, in my opinion, but yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. Like, you know, that, like you said, that social pressure, that's big time. So you don't, you don't want to go to a, a university with a bunch of bums at it. So, you know, you, you, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say a quick point too, that I think uh, forget to add is presumably we're going to make a bowl this year. And I think regardless to add to that, what, what's the bare minimum we need to do to keep the momentum. Uh, we need to win the bowl game. Certainly. Uh, because that's, I think, I would consider that one to be sort of in the same vein as Texas, OSU, and then to some extent Baylor is presumably we're going to be facing a, you know, because bowl games are generally big brand, big brands, even if both teams are sort of underperforming. That's going to be a big one as well, even if it's not someone that we're necessarily competing against with with recruiting. But if we're facing a, you know, a, a mid, you know, high mid-tier Big Ten team or, or Oregon or Miami or Penn State, someone like that, uh, a big brand is is also important just to have that brand recognition of a, a marquee matchup win. So I, I really think, yeah, it, bare minimum, we got to win. We got to win most of our, we got to have a winning record. Our losses have to be in some way excusable, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't think it's super realistic to say, oh, we should go undefeated. Uh, you got to have excusable losses if they're not going to be to someone super high quality. It's a, we got to have some sort of extenuating 
circumstance that sort of mitigates the the sting. And then we got to perform in those times where the whole nation is watching, you know, because the whole nation doesn't tune in to watch OU play Texas Tech, but a whole lot of people tune in to watch Red River. A whole lot of people tune in to watch the bowl game. Uh, fewer than Red River, but a whole lot of people will occasionally tune in to watch Bedlam. So things like that are, when we're talking about national recruiting, I think that's really important too, because you can hear all the storylines you want. And then you watch, you know, the, say you watch four OU games a year, you watch Red River, Bedlam, the bowl game, and then maybe one other just based on when your team is playing and timing. If we perform well in those four games, then in your minds, you know, the, the storylines and the chirping you hear on social media and on ESPN is one thing, but you've done your own research. And from what you see, every time you've watched them, they've looked good. So I think that's an important thing too. Yeah. And you know, that perception, it's massive. Think about it. Like OU has lost to Texas one time uh, since 2016 um, in that 2018 game against uh, uh, Sam Ellinger. At the time, these recruits were 12. So from 12 on, they've only seen OU lose to Texas once. So, you know, that association with the golden hat, that sticks with you. You know, that that is I recognize that this team wins. This team beats their rivals. This team, this the golden hat is specifically OU because they do not lose it. So I think that's mm-hmm. pretty, I, I think that's an important thing to st- uh, keep up. But Jameson, I think we've gone a little longer than we figured. Uh, final thoughts before we uh, close this out and enjoy our college football Saturday. Yeah, let's just take a bird's eye view at this class. 22 commits already. That's close to full, especially in the transfer portal era. We saw Mecca come in just randomly to this team. Guys can show up at any time. You got to have a couple slots open just in case a guy like that comes along. So 22, who are we waiting on? We already kind of talked about it. Peyton Bowen, big-time five-star defensive back um, from Denton. Um, obviously, we're waiting on David Hicks. Um, Jordan Raynaud, uh, we're waiting on another guy I failed to mention in terms of Texas, and that being probably a big thing in terms of school clout with him being from Tyler, Texas. And then uh, lastly, I mean, probably we just maybe hope for a guy like Ryan Yates from Denton as well, who's an LSU commit, but – if not, if you grab those first three guys, that's 25 people in your class and you close it off and maybe you lose a couple guys, but 25 in a class, adding those three guys, that's going to be the best Sooner class of all time. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, it's exciting. of the internet era, of the internet era. I of understand the that there's, Switzer, there's been Switzer much better classes. Yeah, Switzer and his fur coat probably, you know, if, mm-hmm. if the internet existed then, he would have had some number ones, that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so... Uh, Ty, any final thoughts before we head out of here? Who's winning Spa tomorrow? Uh, oh, goodness. A Formula One question. I don't know. Uh, Science just took poll. Hopefully, Fernando Alonso. But, uh, yeah, recruiting, Woo! like we talked about, the uh, it's, it's something that OU, you know, I, I've always loved that OU has had this more realistic view on things. Your recruiting class ranking doesn't really matter. What actually matters, I understand the blue chip ratio and all these other things, but what actually matters is just how you perform on the field. The classic example of of Texas, just constantly having great recruiting classes and then underdeveloping them. And then other schools, uh, the Mississippi schools come to mind where they generally have pretty good recruiting classes, but they also generally overdevelop their players, bringing in, uh, guys with lower rankings and producing NFL caliber uh, players, guys like Dak Prescott. But 
uh, OU fans have always been super realistic about recruiting class and about how it, it you know, you're not, you're not winning anything by saying, oh, we have this best recruiting class. So I, I would implore OU fans to, to stay realistic about that and realize that this is very important. It's increasingly important when we move into the SEC because all the SEC schools are, are very big on their recruiting rankings. I don't think you can talk to a Texas A&M fan without them mentioning recruiting class rankings. Uh, so that's a very important thing. But at the end of the day, it's we've just received these tools or we've received these little pieces and now it's our job to, to cook the meal with them and, and serve that meal and, and hopefully have a, a delicious meal with our, our new recruits that we're coming Let's in. So eat. just because we have the good ingredients doesn't mean that we can cook them. So the, it's important that the chefs and the cooks and everyone else uh, knows their stuff as well. So I, I don't want anyone to get too crazy about it. We should absolutely be excited and celebrate it. But this is Oklahoma, and what matters is is winning the conference and everything else. I I agree. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm falling apart at this point, boys. Um, Legitimate. Very good show. Very good show. Thank you guys so much for coming on on such short notice. Well, relatively short notice uh, on a Saturday morning. You know, we're bringing our lunch pail to work. You'll love to see it. So, all right, everyone. Get off this recruiting podcast. Go watch some college football. Let's have ourselves a day. If you're watching this back, then just, you know, listening to this back on Sunday. Go enjoy a Sunday. It's college football season. We are going to be uh, coming back next week, next time with our UTEP preview. We're here. Offseason's done. It is the season. Let's get this thing. I'm pumped. You, you guys should be pumped. I think you are pumped. Let's do it. This has been the Schooner Pod. I'm, I've been your host, Bobby Howard. On behalf of me, Jameson, and Ty, have a good ass weekend. Boomer Sooner. Ass weekend. Ass weekend. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Bobby Howard, and before we start the show, I just kind of want to talk to y'all for a second. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of college football preview podcasts, and you know, it's it's really been great. It's gotten me hyped for the season, and one reason it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. You know, I really like the versatility of Raycons. If you're really wanting to lock in, really just immerse yourself in what you're doing, that is where the noise isolation feature comes in. Just block everything out. It's great. But you know what? Sometimes you can't just, you know, shell yourself off. So that's where you go to awareness mode where you can have some audio come in. You can do errands. You can act like a normal human being and uh, still listen to what you want. So I feel like that's actually pretty great. The Raycons really are great, though, whenever I'm not editing the podcast. Just kick back, listen to some red dirt. Feels like you're right in the middle of Kane's ballroom. It's great. I love it. So, look, if you want to be like me, jump on the Raycon train. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. One more time, that is buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Use promo code TPPN15. That's TPPN15.